This conversation originally aired on Koinonia, which can be heard Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 in Phoenix or online at faithtalk1360.com. Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God, and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. I am Tom Brown, and your host today, Aaron Brownback. Welcome to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Aaron Brownback, filling in for Tom Brown, and today we are talking with Jason Jones, the president and founder of Movie to Movement and Hero Inc. Jason is a film producer, author, activist, and human rights worker who actively works to promote the dignity of human life. Jason, welcome. Aaron great to be on the show. Jason, as you know, I work on the long-term messaging of the pro-family movement. So I work on messaging around life and marriage and gender and the goodness of God's design for the family. And I love talking with people who are out there messaging in society on these same topics. And you're one of these people. So we're really excited to have you on the show today to talk with us about movie to movement and what you have going on. So first, just Give us a background on what Movie to Movement is and does. Well, Movie to Movement is a nonprofit organization. In a way, we're a movie studio because we do everything from uh, raising financing for films, producing films, to distributing films. Um, so we're involved in uh, the release, the production, and distribution of films from the very beginning to the very end. And so I like to say we're a micro studio, but our mission is to use film to promote the incomparable dignity, beauty, and worth of the human person and to advance the interest of vulnerable communities, whether it's the child in the womb or Christians in the Nuba Mountain. So, um, movie to movement, it sounds like you cover a broad range of valuing human life from the prenatal child to it looks like you cover Christians being persecuted or the homeless. Um, tell us, how do you package all of that together? What makes you, um, you know, what ties all of those different pieces and interests together? Well, you know, we use stories uh, to tell the truth about the human person. And a lot, oftentimes my friends will tell me, you know, are you a pro-life activist or a human rights activist or what? To me, it's, it's the same thing. It's just protecting the vulnerable from violence. And I think the best way to do that is just to promote the truth about the human person. We live in a world that really undermines human dignity, and oftentimes human dignity is undermined through film or through music. But that, but we just try to do it in reverse. We try to tell stories that communicate the truth about the human person and, and what is that truth. The truth is that the human person has this incomparable dignity, beauty, and worth, and it is grounded in our anthropology and, you know, the reality that we were made in the image and likeness of God. And uh, we hope that when somebody walks out of the theater after watching a movie to movement film, that they love more, they judge less, that they have a new found uh, respect for the human person. And um, so, yeah, that's our mission. I think that's fantastic. You know, a lot of times people think that 
you can only have sort of one passion or one area of interest. You can be pro-life or you can be for the homeless or for the refugees. And you have seen the common thread among all of humanity, all of humankind made in the image of God and have lifted up the dignity of each and every vulnerable person so that, you know, you as the strong person that I know you are, are out there speaking for people who are in weak and vulnerable positions all across the world. Jason, I think that's fantastic. As I said, not only are you the president and founder of Movie to Movement, but you're also the founder of Hero Inc., which stands for Human Rights Education Organization. You're out there working with people overseas and in our country, and we're going to come back shortly to hear more about all that you're doing. is Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Aaron Brownback filling in for Tom Brown. And today we are talking with Jason Jones, the president and founder of Movie to Movement and Hero Inc. Jason, I'm so glad you're with us. And uh, we want to hear a little bit more today about how you ended up feeling called to pro-life work that you're doing here with Movie to Movement. Yeah, unfortunately, I was called into the pro-life movement the way so many people are. I I was not raised in a Christian home. In fact, I didn't go to church once (laughs) growing up as a kid. Really? Yeah, my family, they weren't political. I was actually raised, and my mother was very irreligious, if anything. So um, uh, my journey in the pro-life movement began two days before my 17th birthday on a Saturday morning when my high school girlfriend came over to my house and woke me up with the words, I'm pregnant. Wow. And, yeah, that's what I said too. Wow. Now, how old were you again? I was 16. 16. Wow, Jason. So the two of us kind of spent that Saturday together figuring out what we were going to do, and we came up with this plan that on my birthday, which was two days away, I would drop out of high school and join the Army, and that she would hide that she was pregnant until I got back from basic training. And um, that's what we did. I went down to the recruiter's office on my birthday, and uh, I knew about this program because another boy in my neighborhood had just joined and signed up for the infantry. And a few weeks later, I was off to Fort Benning, Georgia, um, and my girlfriend took her vitamins and wore baggy sweaters as her pregnancy progressed. But uh, two Sundays before I was to graduate, from AIT, I was in the infantry, so basic and advanced training are pushed together. And two weeks before I was to come home, in the third trimester, um, my high school friend called me, and her father beat her up And when he found out she was uh. pregnant and dragged her to his friend, who was a doctor at Chicago Masonic Hospital, where she had a forced third trimester abortion. Uh, uh. And she, you know, she called me crying, telling me that. and I did not even know, as strange as it might sound, after the spring of 1989, 
I didn't even know about abortion. I didn't know abortion was legal. We didn't consider abortion. I don't even think I knew about abortion. Um, as strange as that sounds. So I discovered that the reality that the preborn child is left exposed to violence with no legal protection when I found out my child was destroyed through abortion. And I wish the whole world could see abortion the way that, that I saw it as an uneducated high school dropout who never went to church a day in his life. It's an unthinkable crime. It's an unbelievable crime. And I didn't think people knew about it. So I kind of resolved as a 17-year-old that I'm going to commit my life to protecting the child in the womb from violence, from the violence of abortion. And I thought we just need to tell people that this is happening, that this is legal. And, you know, there would be an outcry and it would be the end of it. So to my shock and horror, I discovered the culture wars and that people were well aware of abortion. Right. Um, and so as a 17-year-old private in the Army... I started volunteering and working for the pro-life movement and haven't stopped. Wow. So, um, you know, I've read some about your story and I've heard you describe it as, uh, you know, here you are two days away from your 17th birthday. Is that right? Yes. Finding out that you have a child on the way. And I've heard you described it as you manned up, which took a lot of guts and courage and responsibility. And I loved the way that you put it. Uh, you said that your girlfriend mommed up. I thought that was so beautiful and touching the way that, you know, she had to have the courage and take the responsibility um, and join you, you know, on that really difficult, uh, challenging um, decision that you guys made. I just thought that was so, so touching. Um, yeah, you know, we, we were both you know, if, if I was an adult and I would have bumped in, in a, to me and uh, Katie, my high school girlfriend, I would have been pleading my case for adoption, putting the children up for adoption. We were both two really wildly dysfunctional children, and it was kind of how we ever even met each other. We were from different neighborhoods. She was from a very prominent, wealthy Chicago family. I was, you know, to put it mildly, poor white trash from the bad part of town and we met at a teenage one of those teeny bopper nightclubs we were both two really troubled children and but it's given me insight into why young people you know you'll hear people say young children get pregnant because they want someone to love them i i hear that right. often and i think that um that for me because i you know i had a sort of a dysfunctional childhood and I think I was eager to love a child the right way, and I was eager to start a family of my own because mine was so dysfunctional. And of course, as a young person, you don't have, you may have noble aspirations, but you don't have the resources to create the family that you want. Um, and I think, so I think Katie and I were both very naive. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we mom, she mommed up and I manned up, and I have to say that abortion wasn't even an option, something that we didn't discuss or even think about or know about, at least for me. And, um, you know, so hmm. that was that was my experience. But then I went on a year later to become a father as a teenager, and so I was a teen parent. So I, know, I do know how challenging it is 
to be a teen parent, but I also know how devastating it is on young teenagers to have an abortion. The, the, the abortion had a devastating effect on, on my high school girlfriend. It took her decades to recover from. Wow. This is uh, Jason Jones from Movie to Movement here on Coin and Neon, Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. And Jason, you've been called into the pro-life world. Obviously, you're passionate about it. I've seen your energy around it. What made you eventually decide to translate that passion into film? Well, you know, I started going door to door as a private in the Army, knocking on doors, telling, asking people if they knew abortion was legal and wanted to help me make it illegal. That was my pitch. <laughs> and, um, you know, from there, I got involved in politics and uh, running for positions in my local Republican Party so I could try to leverage the party in a, those positions to get press to talk about abortion. And this is, you know, now in my early 20s. And then, like I said, I, I got into radio when we were talking off the air, which is really my first love. I just love radio and had a radio show for years and was working as a chief of staff for a state representative here in Hawaii. Um, but I wanted to reach bigger and bigger audiences. And at first, I thought it'd be through television and documentary. So I, I made a documentary and, and moved to Washington, D.C., where I started doing, like, cable news shows and and that was great doing Fox News. I was on Bill Maher's Politically Incorrect. And, but then I really, I just went for it. I thought, you know, okay, documentaries are fine. And doing cable news programs is great. But the way to really reach people is through the power of the feature film the story. Right, you know, right. It's the only time today when people shut off their phone and tune out the world and just stare at a screen. And um, our first film was a, a film called Bella. And it, went, it was 10 years ago, actually, and it went on to win the Toronto International Film Festival. And, and it was a, that was a tremendous success in theaters. And then my second film was called The Stoning of Soraya M. And that was a film that told the true story of a young woman who was framed for adultery by her husband. He had her stoned so he could marry a 13-year-old girl, and 12-year-old what, girl, I think. Wow. What country was this in? This was in Iran. And, and the stoning, the government of Iran actually held a press conference responding to our film. And that's when I think I was really hooked by the power of film because I thought, wow, if we could make the government of Iran hold a press conference to respond to our movie, you know, a regime that doesn't respond to the United Nations or the United States government, but they respond to filmmakers in Hollywood who tell a true story. I'm hooked, and, and that's when I founded Movie to Movement and really committed myself to using film, to promoting human dignity and promoting, um, you know, the interests of the vulnerable. So this was a, a true story. Let me just make sure I have this right. This was a true story of a woman yeah. in Iran who was framed for adultery by her husband so that he could then stone her to death and marry a 13-year-old. Yeah, he, you know... He, um, he wanted a new wife, but he was too poor to maintain two wives. Wow. He could have done if he wanted. So he had to get rid of his first wife, and the first wife, and this young girl also came from a more or less wealthy family. And, you know, people ask me, Jason, well, you know, I just got back from Iraq and Syria. Why? What is this work you're doing in Sudan or Iraq or Syria? What's going on? And I will say, ever since, you know, I know I know what it's like to be helpless to protect your children from violence, and so I'm sort of driven 
um, almost addled by this desire to protect children from violence, whether it's the Yazidis in Iraq, the, the Nubans in the southern Kordofan in Sudan, or you know, the child in the womb in, in Gary, Indiana. Um, it, it drives me, it, it just, I, I'm constantly thinking about this. My first book, The Race to Save Our Century, is about genocide and democide and total war in our, our world today. Um, but, you know, the stoning of Sarai M, why that film was so important to me is here's the, the story of a, a young woman who was framed for adultery and was stoned, and her aunt ran into a French journalist the day after it happened and begged him to tell the world the story of what happened in that little Iranian village, and he wrote a book. Uh, it was in French to tell the story, and then we made this film, and I thought, you know, who could be more helpless than a woman buried to her waist, being stoned wow. by everyone she ever knew or loved, um, and Absolutely. that we got to be in solidarity with her and tell the world her story it was a great privilege. And I think it is, as Christians, we're called to live in complete solidarity with the weak. We are. That's what and you know, Jason, I want to hear more about that. Um in just a minute, sorry to cut you off, but you're listening to Coin and Neon, Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm I'm Aaron Brownback, filling in for Tom Brown, and we've got Jason Jones with us. We'll hear just a little bit more about this coming up after the break. Welcome back. This is Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Aaron Brownback, filling in for Tom Brown. And today we are talking with Jason Jones, the president and founder of Movie to Movement. Jason, you were just talking with us about um, Christians being called to really protect the vulnerable and the weak, whether it be the prenatal child in the womb or the woman in Iran who doesn't have a voice. Tell us more about that. Yeah, well, I think really the, the example that Christ gave us, you know, that when the second person of the Trinity, you know, the all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving second person of the Trinity became man and suffered for us, and he suffered for us because he was in complete solidarity with us to the point of suffering, uh, physical violence, and death, and, and that's what we're called to do. We're called to live in complete solidarity with the vulnerable even to the point that it causes us suffering, and and we become fragile and vulnerable ourselves. You can think of the civil rights movement in the fifties and sixties. There was, you know, um, there was a great risk to standing in solidarity with those fighting for civil rights. Right. And you think of great heroes like Charlton Heston. Um, you know, it was walk, marching for civil rights before. Um, it was popular. That was a risk to his career, just like today in Hollywood. When a celebrity comes out and says they're pro-life, their career, they become vulnerable. And I often hear people will say, well, commend me for my courage. I'm like, there's no courage to risk one's career um, or to make one's job more challenging. You know, the courage is for those missionaries, like from Persecution Project Foundation or Voice of the Martyrs, that are in the Southern Court of Fonds, that are in Mosul, um, those are the ones that are real that have 
real courage. Um, but it does take a sort of courage uh, for those in the film industry and, and in other businesses and industries, I guess, as well. Right. You know, I was talking with... Um I was talking with Jason and David Benham, who had been offered a show on HGTV and then their position on protecting God's design for the family came, um, came out into the public and the show was taken away. And it was around the time, you remember Miriam Ibrahim had been um, imprisoned for her faith. She was chained. She gave birth while in chains. And I remember them saying, you know, if she can do that for her faith, if she can be in chains for her faith, the least that we can do is give up this opportunity of this TV show for ours. And it really puts it in perspective when you say it that way. Yeah, no, and, and God bless them because that's that's really heroic. You know, I mean, they had an offer that people dream about, just and and they we're standing in solidarity, like you said, with the family, with the child in the womb. And they lost a TV show because of their pro-life and pro-family commitment. And that's heroic. But they became vulnerable. Right. And and, so, which is a big deal. I mean, I know you are someone who, I've got on pretty good authority, goes to mixed martial arts gyms in just about every city that you visit. I mean, strength is a big deal to you. So how do you, um, you know, how do you settle yourself with the idea of being willing to be vulnerable? Well, you know, I, I am relatively strong. I'm a 45-year-old man, but there's going to become a day where, uh, unless I get, you know, hit by a bus, and go quickly, there's going to come a time where I'm vulnerable, where I'm weak, and where, you know, I'm going to need other people to care for me. And, and um, we all go through that. There was a time as a child where I was vulnerable and weak. And last year, I was hospitalized. And, you know, there was a 110-pound nurse that was taking care of me, and she was strong, and, and I was weak at the time. So I would say martial arts helped me. Uh, you know, I do love martial arts. I mean, for those of you people in your audience who are listening who do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or are fans of mixed martial arts or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, when you train in, in like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you're going to get tapped every class. There's Every class, there's going to be someone stronger than you, better than you. They're going to tap you, and that's great. Um, but we're called, while we're strong, to share our strength with the weak. And when we're weak, um, to be gracious and allow others to care for us. And that's also a privilege, too. And um, that's what it is to live in solidarity. That's what it is to live in community. That's what it is to, to you know, live in the church. That's a and, great perspective, um, because we all have been. Like you said, we've all been the child in the womb. Like, we have all been weak. We will all be sick. We will all be old, or many of us will. And many of us will experience what it's like to be dependent on those who are strong to stand up for us. So holding on to that perspective really, you know, lets you have the courage to stand up for those who are weak while you have the strength to do it. That's right. You can go to your local hospice and, you know, there's going to be someone in there who is a war hero or who is a captain of their industry. But now they're, you know, they're the nature of life. They're right. going to be weak and they're going to be vulnerable. And so it's our duty now to care for them. There was a time where that war hero was on the front lines of our nation's wars defending us. And now um, there was a time where they were 
you know, the pillar of their society and writing checks for schools and, and, um, and local charities. Well, now it's our time to care for them. Right. And if you're it's a, a beautiful opportunity. It is. And if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Aaron Brown back filling in for Tom Brown. And we have this great privilege today to talk with Jason Jones, who is a man of passion and energy and enthusiasm, who's dignifying human life, particularly through the making of films um, with his organization, Movie to Movement. So, Jason, you've done great films. We've already talked about Bella, The Stoning of CRM. Um, they have been award-winning films. Tell us, we're excited to hear what is coming up. What What do you have in the pipeline? Okay, well, let me tell you about two films, actually, I'd like to share with everyone that they, they can go find right now on YouTube that we made to give to the world for free. One is called Crescendo, produced it with Patty Millette, the mother of Justin Bieber. Which is, and, I just have to say, wonderful. When I saw Crescendo, the quality, the cinematography was mind-blowing. I was, I was just amazed. So people can just type Crescendo into YouTube and it'll come up? Crescendo the movie, it'll come up, and you can screen it at your church or at school. There's no need for public screening fees. That's what we made it for. And thank you for that compliment. We did make it to sort of be ridiculously over-the-top production quality. And you often, did, you succeeded. And people will often criticize Christian films for their low budget or their low production quality. And so we wanted to produce a monument to the dignity of the child in the womb. It would transcend culture and time. And so we wanted to have the highest production value. And then there's another film called Sting a Little Louder. And um, again, you're going to want to show this to your church. You're going to want to show it to your local high school. And you don't even have to contact us. You don't have to worry about public screening fees. Now, what's that one about? Just screen it. The true story of a train on its way to Saxonhausen that broke down, uh, which was a concentration camp, which broke down right in front of a church in the middle of Sunday service. And it's about how the people in the church responded or didn't respond to the screams for help from the people inside the boxcars. Wow. I've, I've heard that some of the churches during that time would just, like the title, sing a little louder so that they didn't hear the screams going by. Yeah, that's what it's about. And, um, but there's a new film that I did not produce. So one of the things Movie to Movement does is also get behind quality films um, that others make and just try to share them with the world through our network. And this film, coming out on the 10th anniversary of Bella, of all things, September 15th, it's called Because of Gracia. And it is a hip, cool, beautiful film. It can be very appealing to teens and preteens. And um, it's going to also be very powerful. It is a pro- It has a pro-life theme. And it will be coming to theater September 15th. And if you want to make sure it comes to your local theater, you can go to our website, which is movie2movement.com. And it's two is T-O. T-O, movie2movement. Okay, movie2movement.com. And what do they do once they get there? They just sign up and say, bring Because of Gracia to my theater and tell us what your local theater is. And we will fight to make sure that that film is in your local theater. I'm from Hawaii. I'm from the island of Oahu in Honolulu. We never got faith-based films. And about 12 years ago, I went to a local theater and said, what do I have to do to get a faith-based, faith-based films here? And 
They told me what I had to do, and we did it. And now Hawaii is the number one market for faith-based films in the country. Wow. And we get every one of them. And so wow. what we do at Movie to Movement is we work with you. If you live in a rural community or a community where you normally have to drive 20 or 30 miles to see these faith-based films, you email us, you work with us, and we will make sure that your local theater always gets the Christian films that come out. Jason, do you feel like we're seeing more faith-based films and films that message the goodness of, of God's design for the family coming out in Hollywood? Oh, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. And that's because the, the monopoly on production and distribution has been cracked thanks to technology. So it's much... Gotcha. You know, it's, it's cheaper to produce films. It's cheaper to distribute films. What a lot of people forget is it's a business. And so you have to find investors. You know, you have to produce the film the lowest possible production, you know, at the lowest possible cost. And what can consumers do to, you know, to support that? I mean, so they can sign up to be a theater captain for Because of Gracia at movietomovement.com. What can they do just to to support the films that they see coming out in the theaters that they'd like to see more of? Well, that's a good question. So let me first of all say what we shouldn't do. And it's going to sound like a contradiction because I'm in the business through my nonprofit of asking Christians to support films. But you must be thoughtful. We, it, the church isn't, you know, an instrument to make someone their business to get their return on their investment. So don't be used. Do not let your church be used. But rather, if you see a film and you're like, this film will help our church or our nonprofit organization with its mission, then use the film as a tool. But do not allow filmmakers to use you as a tool. Don't, you don't have to support every film that comes down the pipe. But just the ones that you think, man, this is really on board with what I'm, with what I'm yeah. interested in, what I'm working on. All right, great. You're listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Aaron Brown back filling in for Tom Brown. And we will be right back to hear more from Jason Jones. Welcome back. This is Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Erin Brownback, filling in for Tom Brown, and we are talking with Jason Jones, president and founder of Movie to Movement. Jason, we were just saying before the break that uh, if you want to see more faith-based, values-based films, there are some things that you can actively participate in doing you don't just have to hope that hollywood makes them you can actually get out there and do them one is uh you can go to movie to movement.com's website and sign up to be a theater captain to bring because of gracia into a theater near you what else were you saying that we can do well i mean you can make movies right we've had churches that have made films and um, that's right there's there's a church that's made a whole series of films like films like uh facing the giants that's right. You can, if there's a film that you like, you can publicly screen it at your local, you know, uh, Christian school or even at the local library. Or we do it in Hawaii on the beach. We have movies on the beach, and that sounds lovely. You know, as a pro-life activist, when or and as a Christian, when I see a film that powerfully communicates in a way that I couldn't on my own, I get so excited. Think of the Passion of the Christ. I mean, we all knew. 
the passion can tell this story to my friend who's not a Christian better than I can. And that's why it did so well, because churches brought out theaters, they, everyone brought their friends. Right. And, um, and that's you know, a- there is a big problem, and I'd just like to reemphasize, we should not allow movie studios to use us. Um, we need to say, you know, respond to a film. If we respond to a film and say, this film really is the heart of, of our church, or the heart of our nonprofit, then use that film as a tool. But don't let the church be used. I think that's very important. And In, yeah, we have uh, we have a voice. We have actually we vote with our dollars. When you say we go to films that we uh, want to see more of, um, go to them on an opening weekend because not only are they getting your your money, which supports making those films in the future, but they're getting your you know opening weekend um, ratings are going up by us supporting them. Thank you for that point. Yeah, if it's, you have to show up on opening weekend because that determines whether or not the film has a second week. Right. And if a film has a big opening week, uh, it can end up, you know, we, I worked on a little film called 2016 Obama's America. It opened on one screen and it was stuck on one screen for three weeks in Houston. But it was the number one screen for ticket sales in America. So even though the industry wow. wasn't keen on seeing the film succeed, they could not resist the number one per screen average in America. So we went from one screen to three screens to nine screens to 21 screens. We kept staying at number one screen in America. Eventually, it went on to over 2,000 screens. Wow. And if Houston didn't show up, that film would have never left one screen. That's right. We all need to stand up. I mean, this is our call to action. We need to stand up and be counted with our... With our um you know, entertainment dollars. So, okay, Jason, speaking of the entertainment world, um, something that I love that you're doing. So I message the, you know, the pro-family movement, and I'm always looking for what areas of culture do we need to be putting the message out through? And like you've alluded to, sort of the storytellers um, of, of a culture really define a lot of our values. So, you are a dynamic personality. You live in you live in Hawaii, but you spend a lot of time in Hollywood and are building relationships there. And and we just want to hear a little bit about what that's like. What are those relationships like? And and what's sort of your your strategy or your goal in in building those friendships there? Well, you know, when I first came to town and I worked for another production company, they said, Jason, you really have to be quiet. Like, you know, don't. Put your light under a bushel basket, so to speak. We don't want people to know really who you are, what your values are, because uh, it could hurt our company. So I, I hushed it up. But once I went on my own and started moving to movement, I just thought I'm going to come out of the closet and be myself. <laughs> and um, Isn't that amazing? You have to come out of the closet with your faith yeah, these right, days. To be pro-life. No. I spoke at a Christian school last week. And um, gave a pro-life speech, and the faculty about had a heart attack and couldn't believe I was allowed to speak. But so, but I, I come to Hollywood, and um, once I started being myself, being really outspoken, being pro-life, being a Christian, doors started flying open for me, and I started making really? all these relationships. And so, when I hear people say that, oh, you know, to succeed, I have to be quiet. To succeed, I have to hide who I am. That's not been my experience. My experience is that when Christians hide who they are, I tell them that they smell fishy. People know. <laughs> they know 
when you're hiding a big part of who you are. Right. And no doubt that the studio system isn't going to be happy. And like the Benham brothers, they lost their opportunity because of, of being who they are. But, and I'm sure I've lost opportunity. But I've gained more from being pro-life and being Christian in Hollywood. I wouldn't be in this town to begin with wasn't for being a pro-life Christian. And, and then what happens is people, they know who need you, who need Jesus Christ, they, they befriend you, they talk to you, they ask you questions. Yeah, you not have Christians. something that maybe not the average person in Hollywood has. That's right. When I hear Christians in Hollywood say, Jason, I have to hush up, I'm thinking, well, what about the people on set who need to know Jesus Christ? Right. Um, and they don't even know you know them. So, um, it's, you know, I call it, it's called the apostolate of friendship. You know, it's sharing the gospel through friendship. And people who are closed off or um, have an anti-Christian prejudice, which I sure did, it's only through long, deep friendships can that prejudice be removed. So it's whether you work at your local bank or hardware store or you're working on a movie set, it's the same thing, you know? Absolutely. You, I talk you with my are, hairdresser about pro-life things that come up, and I just, just as a part of our, you know, hairdresser conversation. Right, and she's like, you're not a freak, you're pro-life. We're in Hollywood with me, they're like, you're a freak, like the rest of us, and you're pro-life, I guess it's not so bad. <laughs> and, um, you know, because Hollywood is a town of very eccentric people. And um, I, I have raging attention deficit disorder. And it's great because in the film industry, everyone has raging ADD. <laughs> well, um, speaking so, of ADD, I want to switch us to another topic here that okay. I absolutely don't want to miss. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Aaron Brownback talking with Jason Jones from Movie to Movement. And this is my favorite part of the show where I get to ask about your family. So you are out there messaging the pro-family movement in, in, in a bunch of ways. You're, you're uh, dignifying human life, the value of the prenatal child, the value of the defenseless and the helpless. And I want to hear, you know, how does that impact your family? And just what's your family like? Give us the background, because I happen to know you have a very interesting family story. Yo, know, I have, you know, I'm just so blessed. You know, we live on the west side of the island of Oahu. I have seven children. We homeschool. And I will Seven children. Seven <laughs> children. Yeah, one grandchild. And, and so you have one grandchild. So you became a father at 18 and then again at 19? I did, yes. Yes. And I wasn't a Christian. Those are my two children. I, I said I had the old-fashioned way as a pagan out of wedlock and um, became a Christian at 30, although I did have custody, so I, I was single teen parent or in my 20s single parent single. in your 20s okay yeah mm -hmm. and and um and then got married when i was 35 so i became a dad at 18 and 19 and then again at 35 and then my wife and i have five children and my oldest two you know my you know my oldest daughter marion is very active in the pro family and pro-life movement she was um she did undercover work for live action she's done a lot of national television shows Defending life and speaking around the world, and my son is a soldier. Is actually, I would ask everyone to pray for him. His name is Micah. And he's Micah, deploying okay. this week to Syria. Oh wow! So, yeah, he's deploying this week to Syria. And you know, for those of us who work with church or parachurch organizations, there is that strain. I am gone a lot, um, but so are a lot of other professions. So that is something that is a burden for me. 
Um, but what I have witnessed is that my children, especially my older children, I can see it, that they now have, they now are as serious as I am about promoting life and sharing the gospel. Um, my daughter and I have a homeless mission here in Hawaii, and I'll tell you just one story that tells you all you need to know about her. The city and county of Honolulu stopped picking up the trash at the parks for the homeless live. So one day my daughter asked me to meet her at the park, and so I'm waiting at the park, and so she's five feet tall, and she comes driving up in this huge 1980s pickup truck, spray-painted black. I go, what in the heck is this, princess? She goes, pulling up. She's like, I bought it for $600, Dad. It's our dump truck. We're going to haul the trash to the dump if the city and county won't. How old was she? Um, this was last year, so she was 24. Okay. Yeah, so my 24-year-old daughter and I and her friend, you know, we began hauling the trash and shamed, I think, the city and county because they quickly reversed their policy and started picking up the wow. trash. Wow. So you yeah. got the president of Iran to speak That's out after one of your movies. You shamed the... the um, the leadership in in uh, Hawaii into picking up the trash. It sounds like your actions really have actual impact. You know, we just need that habit, that habit, and um, of loving our neighbor. You know, yeah. it's sometimes being fun and exciting. And you, you know, when we, we look at the work we do, it's not about do I feel like praying with forty days for life today or not. No, I've committed to, to doing this. I'm going to do this. Do I? feel like working with the homeless anymore maybe you don't you know because it's not easy people lie to you you get um you know life and um and all sorts of things it's hard being in solidarity with human beings it's easy to be a pet lover <laughs> it is you're you right for feral cats you're but right you for broken and beautiful human beings it's a great challenge yeah, it really takes a lot. Um, it, it takes a lot from us, but it sounds like just from all of the stories that I've heard from you, from all of the incredible opportunities you've had, the open doors you've had, and from how much I know people love you and appreciate you, that the sacrifice is worth it and it keeps you moving forward. This is, you're listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Aaron Brown back filling in for Tom Brown and we'll be right back. This is Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Erin Brownback, filling in for Tom Brown, and we have had the great pleasure of having Jason Jones from Movie to Movement with us today. Jason, just a final thought here. What message would you have really wanted to hear when you were growing up that you're out there putting into the public now? Well, you know, I would say that I was never, the gospel of Jesus Christ was never shared to me as a young person. Really? And, yeah, not at all. And even when I was in the service, I was in the infantry for three years. There was a chaplain for my battalion. And I'm friends now with uh, several chaplains, 
general chaplains. And I tell never once did even a chaplain approach me. And I was a troubled soldier. You know, I had three Article 15s for fighting my first year. That might have been a good opportunity for a chaplain to come and speak with me. But I never, never did really have anyone share the gospel with me. And um, so I think we, we need to be really vigilant in sharing the gospel, especially with young people. And the other thing is, is I never heard the message of chastity. I'd listen to pop music. I had watched movies. Uh, you know, I had my sex ed classes all encouraging me to become as promiscuous as possible as soon as possible. Wow. Um, and, you know, even as a young atheist kid, never went to church a day in his life. I did feel a sense of embarrassment and shame, but I felt a sense of duty that I really, I really should be doing these things. And so I think we shouldn't be afraid to promote the message of chastity with our young people. The two things that they can do that really permanently alter um, their yeah, life the course of is, their entire life is drugs and sex. Right. Right. So we should really make sure children aren't doing things. And then knowing the Lord, Jason. That's right. That I'm, I'm glad that you are out there sharing that message with kids like you who need to hear it through your films, through movie to movements work, and through your upcoming film because of Gracia. Um, everyone who has uh, heard us today and been interested in getting involved with what you're doing can go to movie to movement dot com, sign up to be a theater captain, bring because of Gracia to a theater near you, and just support support get to know jason jones and the work that he's doing and support those who are making films that value uh, and dignify human life thanks again for listening to coin and neon faith talk 1360 kpxq i've had a great time having jason with us today um, if you want to reach me you can go to aaronbrownback.com and be sure to tune in on monday through friday from two to three for coin and Nia. we will see you next time for questions or comments, please email Tom at FaithTalk1360.com. That's Tom at FaithTalk1360.com.